Welcome to Stripped Podcast. These conversations are unscripted, unplanned and unrehearsed. Your hosts are Fiona and Suzanne. Fiona had a kidney transplant in 2018 and is fighting every day for her life. Her current situation brings up questions about life and death and she wants us all to have more meaningful conversations every day together. Suzanne likes to stretch the boundaries in life. She works in behavioural change and is fascinated with experimenting with social norms, art and philosophy. Together, Fiona and Suzanne have many common fears, failures and fortunes and bring to you the most stripped versions of themselves to provoke deep thinking in the hope of better conversations and relationships for us all. It's time to get stripped. Hello everyone. Welcome to our episode of Stripped Podcast. Hi Suzanne. Hello Fiona. How are you? Well, I'm going to get straight into it. Great. Are you I ready? I'm, I think I am. I'm can't, yes, I have a tea in front of me. <laughs> I've had my drugs this morning. So yeah, rock my world Suzanne. Shit, I might need some drugs. Go for it. Um, I really don't feel like doing this podcast today. Uh, well, thank you for your honesty. <laughs> Always appreciate it. <laughs> and I know we laugh and whatnot, but genuinely I've had to find something within myself today to just go, just keep going, just get on with it. Yeah. And it's just one of been a really big week with a lot of personal aha moments. And, um, and you know, sometimes you've got to... So there was a part of me that goes, I, w- I really want to be vulnerable. So I want to talk about vulnerability and shame today. And I want to be vulnerable today. And I just don't feel like it. So then I thought, well, maybe we could talk about what happens to us when we have got something going on and we just want to close down. I think that's a great topic. So I don't want to talk about why I feel the way I do, to okay. be quite frank, because I'm still processing a lot of things myself at the moment. So I won't dig into that. Don't dig into it. And it's not because I don't want to be vulnerable, because sometimes things are private. But I do, like, as in, I will talk about what I'm not ready, because I've only just seen some stuff myself, mm-hmm. so I need to percolate. But I think we can talk about, and I would like to talk about, depends on what you think, is what happens when we do feel overwhelmed or we are in a vulnerable space, how we react to that, what stops us from being vulnerable, and then, and then what, what impact that has and what, and what do you, we personally need when we're in something, you know, in the um, middle of something. Yeah, that's a huge topic. I think it's a hot topic at the moment as well because yeah. wherever I turn, I see the word vulnerability a lot because we're sort of saying that's what our new leaders need to be in this world. They need to be able to show vulnerability to be a good leader. I think in our relationships we need to show vulnerability to connect with each other. So great topic. Mm. Let's do it. Do How you are one? you? <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm upright. So as I, as I say, whenever I'm upright, it's a, it's a good day. I haven't had surgery for a few weeks and I think that's made a big difference to me. I feel yeah. like I, I'm a bit more lucid. Um, I feel like I'm listening to conversations better if that makes sense like I'm able to process and percolate on things more than I have been for a long time so I'm feeling yeah much more connected much more aware of what's going on around me than I have for a long time so yeah yeah, so good and is that because less surgery less stuff being pumped into you I think so yeah so I've had treatments yeah um in the last couple of weeks so that's and to me I know I shouldn't just shrug my shoulders at that because I know people that go through treatment it is a big deal it's not nothing so I'm not trying to dismiss it as nothing but I think it's got to a stage where I've had so much of it that it almost is like mm, expected so yeah. get through that pretty okay and, and I think what I realize is I get knocked down a lot when I have surgeries now because I've had so many recently so it's just been really nice not to have them so yeah so 
Yeah, definitely the lack of, I think, drugs in my system, like the full-on heavy ones, has definitely made a difference. Yeah. Yeah, so here I am ready to be alert and talk about topic of being vulnerable and I think that is a, a big topic for me as well over mm. the last 10 months because I have tried to share my story as much as I can mm. with people about what I've been going through and particularly about the impact it's had on my mental space and mm. uh, my emotions and you know my different breakdowns at times and it's hard it's not an easy thing to do and mm. there are lots of times where I, I don't share everything mm. because I can't share everything Tell me more. Tell me more about can't share. That's what I want. That's what I want to talk about. You know, because we're here about stripped. We're here about uncensored. You know, truth. Yes. Yet I don't want to talk about something today, because I need my space to think about it. You sometimes can't talk about. It. So yeah. why do what? I know there's privacy, and I don't think everything is up for grabs for everyone all of the time. No. So what is? Let's talk about that. Yeah. What? what do, no, I'm not saying what wouldn't you share, but what, what stops us from sharing sometimes? Do you think? Like fully. There's been some things I've really connected with recently and one is um, Brené Brown. I read her book recently called Daring Greatly and it was an amazing book around shame. Yeah. And I'd never really thought about the concept of shame before. I, I understand the concept of my internal voice and I know what my internal voice says to me and yeah. it's been saying it to me for a lot of years yeah. and, and it's almost on loop, it's on tape. Yeah. But I didn't make the connection till shame until I read that book. Yeah. And the way she defines shame is that shame is the fear of disconnection. So we've talked about this a lot, that all we thrive for as human beings is that connection with other human beings, whether that's through love or laughter or, or whatever it is through our relationships, but it's all about connecting with others and knowing that we're then connected with other people, but also we're connected with something that's bigger than ourselves. And that's what we thrive for in life. So shame is that fear of losing that disconnection, whether it's with an individual, whether it's a family, whether it's from our purpose or that greater good in life. It's a real fear we have. And I I have that fear. So I see myself shutting down when I'm scared that I might share something that people might judge. Um, and then I might feel like I'm not worthy. Yeah. So my shame tape or yeah. my loop is I'm not good enough. Yeah. So I th believe that most people can put in a sentence, if you if you ask someone to go fill in this blank and it's like, I'm not, or I believe I'm not, or I'm not good enough because, I think most people can fill that in. Well, in, as you know, in my, in my work as a behavioural change person, um, so I work very deeply with people um, and help them with their, the deepest structure of who they are, right? And there's always three things. Like most, most people go, oh, my God, have you been, like, watching me? I'm like, not, not really. I don't mean to be sort of flippant, but there's only three things it's going to come down to. I want to be loved, I want to belong, and I want to feel good enough. Yeah. And they're the three things. So f talking about Brene Brown, I, I generalised greatly. <laughs> so any psychologist or all the people that have, they're going to go, oh, there's so much more. I get that. Oh, I'm just making it very simple I apologize for that but yeah, hey we know what we know do you yeah. know what I mean and just to you know you've got to you've got to summarize at some point but I watched Brené Brown's funny because I watched Brené Brown's um TED talk about vulnerability for the first time ever the other day which is a bit a bit of shame because I would have liked to have seen it a bit earlier I think and she talked about shame um as you have been speaking about and this stood out for me the difference between guilt and shame oh yeah and she said the difference between the two is that shame is that I am bad and guilt is I did something bad. And so shame is a deep belief of our not worthiness. Mm -hmm. 
And then when we connect into that and believe that of ourselves, we hold that inside of ourselves and it just gets bigger. And isn't it incredible that, and she said, the more you hold it, the bigger it gets. And the more you speak about it, the smaller it gets. I love that. Isn't that incredible? And then guilt is more about you did something and you feel guilty about it. But shame is inherently, I am bad. And that's why I love that we're talking about this today. Yeah. Because we need to talk more about it. Yeah. I have to say, like, so for the first time ever in the last week when I did a little few exercises with myself to think about, you know, what am I holding on to? And, um, you know, some family stuff came up. Mm -hmm. So um, family stuff for me is pretty difficult and it came out of the blue. So um, I'm still processing that. But um, it did bring up sort of this connection to, you know, not being loved, not being looked after you know, when I was young, mm. and that sometimes a feeling of shame, and I was going to use the word guilt, but it's not guilt, shame, that um, I, I still, it's still there in me. And I thought, you know, you sometimes, for fuck's sakes, it's not gone already. Like, I thought I'd worked on this. And then another circumstance comes up and you see yourself again. And you think, bloody hell, I really thought I'd let go of that. Um, and so it's amazing to me what we carry around in ourselves and circumstances or um or uh, triggers happen and then suddenly you realise, you, you know, you carry in in your neurology again. I mean, I, I say this as if I'm shocked. I freaking work in neurology. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> My master's degree is in neurolinguistics. It's not as if I don't know this stuff, but isn't it amazing though from a human perspective how, you know, you, you sometimes you might, just because your head knows it doesn't mean that you don't still experience it and it's still you still get this insight to how our systems, our spirituality, our emotions and whatnot connect to. Um and so, yeah, I'm fascinated at the moment around barriers and protection and armour and truthfulness and transparency and when is the right time to be vulnerable and when is it not and what courage, like Brene Brown talks about, when is, you know, because at the moment I'm, I know I'm in shutdown. Yes. And so and I, that is appropriate for me. And tomorrow that might change. It's not going to be forever, but it's just because this thing only happened yesterday. So I know I'm in shutdown and it's not that I don't want to be vulnerable. I think I am. Well, maybe I am being vulnerable by just even talking about it in, in its moment. I'm not even talking about it in hindsight. Um, but, you know, like some people might you know, want to push me to open up and that would not be the right thing for me right now. And so then, you know, so it's about us knowing ourselves and doing what's right for us without hiding from ourselves. But that's just courage in itself. In the fact that you understand what you need and you can say what I need out loud. Mm. I think mm. that's really encouraging. Look, I reached out to you last night, I'll be honest. I, I sent you a text to say, how are you going? And you're like, I just need my time out. I need yeah. some alone time. And I think that's a really brave and courageous thing to do. And a lot of people don't even know that they need to do that. So they'll put up what some people will call a mask or they'll put up a different persona and they'll pretend everything's fine. And they'll go along with what perhaps other people need in their world and then they're not getting what they need themselves, yeah. which then almost just almost reinforces the whole situation and can make it incredibly worse. Yeah. You know, when I came out and spoke about going through my darkest moments yeah. after being uh, through my transplant and cons- thinking about suicide and death and not really understanding my purpose or value in this world and not really valuing myself. To me, that was all my shame stuff coming back. So it was all like that tape I had around, I'm not worthy enough. And when people were reaching out to me and saying, we're here for you, we think you're valuable, don't die, keep fighting, it took a lot for me to actually take that on board because I had shut down. Yeah. And for me, I was hearing it, but I wasn't really absorbing it because yeah. I was like, for me, my own internal voice was stronger than theirs. Yeah. 
And I could hear people saying to me, don't die, keep fighting. But my own internal voice was saying, really, I'm not that special. That's their perspective, isn't it? Uh, exactly. It's not your perspective. It's not my And my this is where I think people was, yeah. project their stuff onto each other. And I think real communication can be, like you and I had, you're going, you're going I've got, because you know when I go silent that there's something wrong. And so you, you checked on me, which is beautiful. So good, are you okay? And going on there. Yes. And I reply saying, yes, you're right. And I need space. And so that is a beautiful bit of communication where I say, I ask what I need and you respect it, even Absolutely. though it's not what you want to do. You want to know what's going on. And I haven't even told Fiona yet. And right. she's probably itching to find out. But um, it's just, I, I'm not ready. And so that is the beauty in, I know that you're there. And I also really respect that you can give me the space that I need. But you, I think what you said before is about also knowing how to ask for what you need. Yes. And so I know that I'm blocking, but I know why I'm doing it. And so it's just because it's too much right now. So then do you see that as a good thing that you're able yeah. to put up that barrier and to yeah. put that armour up when you need it? Yeah. So it's almost like, because we look at it quite negatively negatively don't we that's a great new oh fandangled like word, word? negatively yeah. yeah that's fantastic <laughs> i'm gonna see if i can incorporate in that one of my speeches on stage <laughs> negatively so that word <laughs> we tend to judge people as well if they don't share everything these yeah. days and i i get concerned where we talk about true self and authentic self oh yeah and because i believe that it's good what you just explained is like to understand yourself and go, I need to put this boundary up today or I need to wear this armour today because that's what I need. And it doesn't mean that I'm not being authentic. Yeah. Because I know there's this whole let's all be authentic and let's share yeah. everything. doesn't mean you have to tell everyone everything. Exactly. So is authenticity and vulnerability and courage also seeing yourself and allowing yourself to see and know? So it's like... Vulnerability and authenticity is between me and me as well. Absolutely. And it's between you and you. Yes. It doesn't have to, it, this, okay, yeah. Vulnerability doesn't have to be between another to, people. No. Yep. I think it starts with yourself though, It to be authentic and to be vulnerable. You have to go, okay, this is me and I'm actually going to show up and I'm prepared to be seen. Yeah. But you have to be okay with yourself to do that yep. first. And that's a very hard thing. So that's why there's lots yeah. of people that go, oh, people wear masks or people have different personas. And I'm like, of course they do. Yeah. Of course. I have different personas. Yeah. I have different masks. Well, I wrote an article the other day you would have read that was called Do You Have Too Many Identities? Yes. You can find that on LinkedIn if you want to have a look at it. I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. And it went off. I loved, huge. loved yeah. the comments coming on that post. Um, and it was about the really the discussion of what is the core self and is there even a self? Mm-hmm. In my work, as you know, I work with people about who their core of the who they are is, whether that's from a spiritual connection, a, you know, human connection, um, and building identities around, you know, roles that we play. And I think a lot of people are flipping between a lot of different identities and roles. Mm-hmm, and yes. we do that to be able to delineate, you know, our responsibilities and actions and behaviours that we have in different responsibilities that we have. Parent or worker or lover or confidant or friend or whatever, you know, the roles are that we play. Um, but I do worry about people flipping fast between identities and not really quite often I say to someone who are you without all of the roles you know like sometimes you know if I'm working with someone who's Fiona not Mm. 
who's the sister or the daughter or the friend or the kidney transplant patient, none of those roles, who's Fiona? And I think we then apply masks and roles that are helpful to us to be able to mask in social situations or work situations. And of course, we become different in different, but they shouldn't be so far apart that we can't even see ourselves. Yeah. I had a client who I was working with who he said he was vastly, there were two different versions of him, the work version who even smoked and the non-work version who didn't smoke. Like literally that he had different personas and there wasn't it was not a, men, a mental disorder it wasn't a, a clinic it was nothing like that it was just that he built such neurological habits in his identity between both areas and there was a lot of really good reasons about that I'm not going to go into it it's his story but there's a lot of really good reasons as to how that had happened um, but how interesting so he even started to feel really tired and conflicted about moving between just these two identities mm. I was going to say is that healthy or unhealthy like if you can do it and it's not impacting you and that's the way you choose to live your life and and it's very transparent with who you interact with, is that okay? What? I think it will affect you. I think if you're doing it to that extent, you may not recognise the effect. So I think you might be so blocked from even yourself that you think it's okay. We, uh, we all move between roles, don't get me wrong, and mm. identities. It's, it's definitely we do. Yeah, You know, like in front of a child, I don't swear if I can help it, if I can remember not to swear. Yes. And if I'm in with you, I will swear. And so that is a, a small variation between roles of who I am and how I'm being. And I adjust my behavior based on the circumstance and the appropriateness. So that we, we do need to do that. So we have different identities to make sure that we, you know, fit into the environment. But if we are so far blocked that we have such segregated identity that we can't even see that impact. You know, I, I, th- I genuinely do think it would impact whether... I, I don't think it can serve you to be that dis- disjointed. Disjointed. Yeah. So it's it's almost like you shape and mould yourself for the different situations and the different levels of trust that you have with the people that you're interacting yeah. with. Because I think that's a big one for me. Yeah. So if I reflect on how I perhaps shape and mould, I believe that through my experience over the last three years I've learned a lot more about myself I've become much more self-aware of who I am at the core yeah you are and I don't think I probably knew that as much as I did until I sort of looked in myself because to be honest death was in my face and death does some amazing things to you and death makes you look at who you are I think in in different ways so I looked at my core and I can see that I don't, my core of who I am doesn't change when I interact with people. Mm, exactly right. But my actual interactions does in, in the sense of who they are and, and my yes. level of trust with them. And the ability to move into situations and out situations that are helpful to the communication or to the environment or it's, to the intent of that connection. Exactly. Yeah. So like but you the, don't change. But I don't change it right. who I am and my yeah. self-beliefs and, yeah. and my beliefs in the world or yeah. how I should present myself to the world doesn't change but how I interact with individuals or groups does so for yeah. example with you I would share my intimate darkest thoughts like if you said how are you Fee then I'd be like you know what last night I was up all night crying I've had a really hard night I, I don't feel like getting out of bed today however someone else that perhaps I don't have such a level of trust with and someone that I don't have such a close relationship with, they'll say, how are you, Fee? And I'll be like, yeah, I'm good, you know, haven't been in hospital for six weeks, things are going well, I'm upright today. Yeah. 
right? So it's a complete... I know as soon as you say that. Yeah. I know that that's your line. She's like, I'm upright today. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you can you can look at me and tell. I know. I can look at just one look at you. I remember walking into a room once and you were standing next to someone else and I walked in and I just went, <gasps> and you looked at me and I went, I know. Like, it, we, there, we didn't have words between us. Oh. And I looked at you and I just went, I know. And I didn't say anything about it because it was not the right... Pers- perspective like there were people around us but it didn't mean that you and I didn't have that moment as if to go we both know and I'm here for you and we didn't even use words to I thought that was a beautiful moment actually it was but that shows me that even if I tried to put up a mask with you because of our level of trust and our level of friendship and engagement and connection that we have you would see through that mask But it's not my, it's not always my, just because you see it doesn't mean you say it. So this is not about an are you okay thing. This is about privacy as well. You know, like like last night when you texted me and you knew without even having any indication, you know, you just had this like, you know, maybe we've got a psychic connection. (laughs) Um, I think we probably do. But that's another talk and another discussion. discussion I don't even know how to get into that frigging discussion. (laughs) I don't understand enough yet, I don't think. But um but and it's also just about that respect, isn't it, between just mm. because you know. So there's a, a line between checking on someone and and then and also just being there for them without having to overtly push or check. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? You know what I I'm do. saying? Just because I saw it didn't mean that was the right time for me to go because I still know you felt the connection and the check without having to go into it too much with you. Yeah. So what do you feel today? Like you've openly said you've got your armour up today. You, mm. you didn't feel like coming, didn't feel like being vulnerable. How does that overall make you feel and how do you think that drives your behaviour? Yeah, so today, today I'm very short. So I'd be very black and white. Um, my patience levels would be quite a lot lower. Um, so I can, so I have, I'm at risk of snapping to, at someone. So um, if anything happened where it didn't go my way or... Usually I'm very compassionate and I couldn't care if something didn't turn, a meeting didn't happen or the, the, I don't know, the coffee didn't come out the way I wanted it. Oh, stupid little things, you know. Um, I'm just like, oh, whatever, like it's just life. And this, this is the sort of day where I am using a lot of energy sources to contain. So even right now, I just want to bore my eyes out. Like I really do, but I'm keeping like a container and I've got clients after this. So I'm working, you know, so I'll clean. So I'll spend a bit of time by myself after we finished. Mm-hmm. And then when I move into client work... Um, I've been so practiced at this that I will clean myself and it is very much about them. So um, I am able to remove this this moment because I'm, I'm really open with you guys right now. So I will literally sort of, um, you've got to love sounds in the background. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so essentially um, that I'm at risk of being a little bit sort of curt. And so I... I also cancel when I really can't deliver or I can't be with someone in the really present form, I will cancel. So um, I've got a free night tonight where I'll just completely and utterly be free. Last night I was supposed to go for dinner with someone and I cancelled and I just I was very upfront about it. I just need space tonight um, and I need to percolate on some stuff. I hope that's okay. So I don't do the whole, I'm not feeling very well, you know, I'm not going to catch up. I'll say. Because I think we have a responsibility, if we can, to role model like reality. Yes. And I think people are very open to... Um, to the truth of, I just don't feel like it. And you know, sometimes, I don't know if you've got, well, we are friends like that, but other friends where you go, I know we were catching up for lunch today or whatever, but I'm just, 
I just don't feel like it. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to be, like, really good oh, company. Yeah. Oh, hello, Mrs. Yeah. Doesn't want to let someone down. And oh, so I, yeah. But I don't want to do the whole, oh, something else has come up or I've double booked yeah. or I'm not well. I actually say, I just don't feel like it. Some, it doesn't mean that I'm selfish and I, don't put, I, push, I push through for people I do. But if I know that I need something or I'm going to be so far off the beaten track that it's potentially damaging to myself and the other person, I will change. But yeah, tell, I love that. I love that you can be that honest and I think with your friends. And I think that shows when we talk about authentic self or true self, I think you're very good at that, right? Um, but, hey, you've got to remember, I've got the sick card, right? Yeah. So I've got the I've got kidney disease card, so I can easily pull that out whenever I need to. She Hello, uses sorry. it all the time. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I find it really interesting that we don't think it's okay sometimes to be that honest with each other mm. about how we're really feeling mm. and that it's not okay to go, I really don't want to be around people today because I feel that bad and it could be damaging to me and to you if, yeah. I, if I do interact. Yeah. And there's, there's one thing that I'd love to get your point of view on. So... One thing that they, um, Brene Brown talks a lot about is that fear of shame is the fear of being disconnected. But that actual fear and that shame, those, you know, those loops that we have, I'm not good enough, I, I don't fit into this situation, I'm, I'm not worthy of this, this love, is that we end up being defensive. So even though we crave the connection and we want it, this shame loop that we have in our head actually makes us retreat even more and to go into our defences. And I know you do a lot of work around relationships and Mm. is this something that comes up a lot for people about Mm. I retreat, I know I'm retreating, should I stop it, how do I stop it? Is it a good or bad thing that we retreat and have our defences? I think I think that's a beautiful question, and I think and I think it's what do you, what do you consider retreating? So for me, my retreat at the moment it all lasts 24, 48 hours, and then I'll pop out the other side. I know myself well enough to know that I I just haven't got a handle on the news yet, so I just need to work through it, and that is nothing other than I cannot yet go outwards because I need my space, and then I'll you know, do my thing. But if people if we're talking months of retreating or defensive behavior that is now embedded in our neurology or our behavior patterns that has, you know, because I'm a really quick processor because I've learned and trained so much around how we take an information and process it. Like I know how to to work myself. So it's a bit of a, you know, a difference. But I think a lot of people, um, they're getting defensive or they retreat and they don't realize they're doing it. See, this is a difference. So I'm doing it knowing I'm doing it. And I know that I'm doing it because it's good for me right now. And it's a purposeful serving thing that I know will help me. And then tomorrow it it will be a lot better. But there are people that hang on to stuff and defend and um, retreat over such a period of time. And they don't even realize they're doing it Uh because they don't have personal insight to what's happening. So they can't tap into their emotions. They can't then they shouldn't say they can't. They haven't practiced tapping into their emotions. They are not aware of what they're feeling. They don't even know what the trigger of the feeling is, even if they did know what the feeling was. So this is where I think that self-compassion and self-awareness is the key to understanding what you're choosing to do. I am choosing this today. That's the difference. That's a big difference. And we talk about self-compassion and self-awareness yeah, a lot. Yeah. And I know there's lots of books and there's lots of things out there to how to do it. And to be honest, I, I didn't start on my journey on this until I had a trauma in my life. So un- until I was diagnosed with my kidney disease, I did yeah. not go down this path of looking yeah. that into myself and understand my triggers. And now I do. Like My biggest trigger is I'm not worthy enough. And that has stemmed from lots of 
different things throughout my life, but that is, that's what's on my tape. And I, I will go to that every time. That's my go-to. And so, you know, I really wonder in a nutshell, you're someone that I completely admire for your ability that you you do percolate things very quickly, that you have taken the time to work on yourself and to understand those triggers and what you need to do to, to be better with your friends or your family or to interact the way you want to interact at the level you want to interact at. Is there something that we can all do in our daily lives that will help us be more compassionate with ourselves? Oh, God, I love self-aware? you. I love you. Absolutely. <laughs> what I always say to people is your feeling is your indicator. You know, like, so imagine a dude walking down the road and he's angry. Yeah. And he doesn't know why he's angry. He just feels angry. That's the output of something. That's so the end the point. It's symptom. It's not the cause, yes. right? So yeah. your feeling is your indicator. Yeah. So if you feel, let's just go with the dude walking down the street and he's angry. If the, he can tap into, I'm angry. I mean, that in its first instant is awesome. So recognize it. Recognize it and go, God, you know, okay, I'm angry. And so you get this dissociated state where you go, I, I am now observing my own emotion. That, I mean, that if you can get to that, awesome. Then what you do with that is go, so this is what I'm feeling. Ask yourself, is there any reason that I feel that way? Um, and sometimes it can be a trigger that's just happened in the moment. It can be a story that you're telling in your head from yesterday. It could be a conversation you're replaying. Or it could be some, you know, any, kind of, any kind of emotion that's happening near or far away from you. And then asking yourself, what is it about that emotion that has come up in myself today? And where is the root cause of it? And why am I allowing that emotion to happen? And so what is it that I'm getting from this feeling and is that the feeling that I actually want it's a bit of a process but if the first thing you can do is recognize what you're feeling yes and then take a step back like mentally like almost try and see yourself from above and go oh okay right you are there let's just it's almost like a rewind how did where did that start and how did I get that into my system right now and what's it really about I was actually um in an altercation yesterday of all times um, where I was driving around the corner and this man on a, a, a bicycle was driving, cycling towards me and I just stopped in the road because it was a very narrow street and he was coming towards me and he drove he, on his bicycle, rode right to the middle of my car and stopped at my bumper, <gasps> like really aggressively. And I, I had already pulled over and stopped because I knew that we couldn't pass easily because it was even on a bicycle on a car, it was a really tight spot. And I could see he was really aggressive. Oh and so I just, um, it, this was after this thing oh, that happened yesterday. So I, like, I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, here we go. So he, he came really slowly around to my driver's side and he was about to come off. And I just, I put the window down and I smiled at him and I said, is everything okay? And he stopped and he took his earphone out and he proceeded to tell me how I should have driven around the corner. And if he'd have been on this side of the road, et cetera, then he would have pulled over for me. But in, I didn't give him space and blah, blah, blah. And I looked in my rearview mirror, so I was thinking, I don't know quite how he can see that happening because that's not physically possible, but maybe I missed something. And so I looked at him, I looked up at him and I just said, well, thank you. Thank you for the feedback. I do appreciate it. And he softened really greatly mm. in that moment. And he kind of smiled gently at me and said, I would have pulled over for you. And I said, thank you. And I said, have a really good night. And he just he cycled off. Now, I don't think he was right, to be honest, but my, it's not about being right. No. In that moment, I don't need to prove anything. And I know that he came at me with something that's got nothing to do with me. 
And I think to myself, I've got an opportunity to show compassion both to myself, so I don't need to get into an argument over stupid fucking things like that. And my moment with him hopefully could have shown that there's a human sitting in the car who is a person and that he doesn't have to act like Now, I don't know what his reactions are. As he drives away or cycles away, he might, I I, kind of only speculate, but my version is if I've got this opportunity to help someone recognise in a moment what they're doing and how they're being, and even in myself, then I think we have got stupidly good ability to have emotional awareness and to have much more purpose in how we're being. And I think the point here is around the choice of what you need to do for yourself. And for that moment, I didn't need to get into an argument with a man over bloody driving around the corner. That's a very powerful story. And about being about self-awareness. We talk about self-awareness all the time. Mm. Yet we're very quick to react, aren't yeah. we? That's how human re- yeah. react to situations instead yeah. of being... Having, well, we can't always think things through yeah. like that. Yeah. Love the story. It takes me through to something I was watching last night, actually. I was watching a TV show last night. And it was about four people who had terminal illnesses and a comedian. Mm. And he decided to do a stand-up comedian show about this. And your first reaction could be like, Oh, what? Like, that is like crazy. Like how, disjointed yeah, and how or can disrespectful. You create a stand up show about death, about people dying. Like, these people are like, I don't know, we're all dying, we're all going to die. And there's always that, you know, that saying, or oh, I could get hit by a bus. So, you know, anyone could, we could all get hit by a bus. Yep. All right. But, you know, I really looked at those, listened to their four stories last night and felt a real sense of self awareness and self control. And, I really wondered, like, why does it have to take us to get to a point in life where we're faced by death exactly right. or a trauma yeah. or some massive trigger like that where we look into ourselves and start being compassionate about ourselves and start to understand who we are? Like, those four people last night spoke so eloquently. Which TV show is it? Called Taboo. Taboo. Okay. It was on Channel 10. So I think it's on 10 Play, so you could, everyone can watch it. But these four people spe- spoke so eloquently about their fears about confronting death, about their family, their friends, their their wishes for their people once they go, and were very open about speaking about dying. And I thought to myself, that's amazing. And then he could obviously do a com- comedy show about it, which again is amazing. However, wouldn't it be great if we could just talk like that and with and looking into ourselves and having that compassion for ourselves without having to be confronted by death yeah. or without having to go through a massive trauma. Yeah. And I think these sort of conversations help it help people, hopefully help people to let that armour down and, and to start looking into themselves. But I fully agree with you that we need to look into ourselves first before we can have that real compassion yeah. for each other. It's self-compassion. Self-compassion. And self-awareness. Yeah. And our emotional ability to connect with ourselves and do what we need to do purposely for ourselves. And people might think that's selfish, but do you know what I mean? I just think it's, it's, we are the only person experiencing our experience. And then when we go outside of ourselves, we have this beautiful ability to empathize and to connect further beyond ourselves in a way that is so much more powerful and connected and pure. I, I absolutely agree. So I'd like to wrap up with saying that from my own personal experience, I believe that three years ago I was blinkered and I was a lot more selfish and disconnected to the world than I am today. Well, summary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wrapping up by saying yeah. I was blinkered. <laughs> I was. And I feel that through my own trauma and my experience of the last three years, a lot of my own, I've had to go into myself. I've had a lot of time like you with the barriers up at 
and reflecting in on myself. And it's surprising that what I thought by reflecting in myself, I thought I'd become more self-centered and I thought I'd become more selfish. But the opposite happens. Yeah. By looking in at myself and being able to find that compassion and understanding of myself, it actually made my view bigger. And I feel that my peripheral vision on the world and other people is a lot bigger than it used to be. I feel less selfish. And I feel that my mantra has almost changed from who am I, what can I do, how am I going to be successful in this world, to who am I, what can I do to help others. And it's been a massive shift in my life. So if I can say anything from this conversation today is look into yourself, mm. take that time, mm. don't feel guilty about mm. it and listen to your shame tape and understand it. Shame tape. Just God, it's good homework doing. for everybody, isn't it? Yeah. I wish everyone listening could have seen Fiona just then. It was a little moment where she mm. had so much power in her and she does all the time really, but that was a powerful moment. She had her arms up in the air like she was speaking don't really. Like, oh, someone, one, someone's got to cry at some point during this. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got me. the armour up. All right, I'm crying, all right. Okay, so I, maybe Chris can cry, well, we our should, sound person. We should have had bit, like, <laughs> things on who was going to cry yeah, first yeah. today, right? I seriously thought it was me, yeah. but my armour is doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she was powerful then, man. That was amazing. Mm. Guess what, Fee? What, Suzanne? I love you. I love you too. You're so beautiful. Everyone, hope you enjoyed our session today and we will see you on the next one. Bye for now. Bye.